This is Bill Messerly with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, bringing you a special Frontline of Hope update with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for Monday, the sixth week of Easter. And as you remember, we're an Easter through Pentecost Sunday, so Happy Easter, Your Excellency. Happy Easter. It's amazing that we can celebrate for 50 days, isn't it? It is, it is. And now we're coming into some new phases at the end. Um, here in uh, the province of Ohio, we'll be celebrating the Ascension on Sunday coming up, and um, and then Pentecost, and so our our Easter celebrations are coming to another high point. And over the weekend, uh, you had an opportunity to visit the farms in Madison County. Uh, Saint Isidore the Farmer was uh, the feast day on Friday. Tell us a little bit about your trip. It was great to be out in the uh, in, in the farm country and to encounter some really fine families. Um, uh, of course, we maintained all of our social distancing and did all the things very properly, very carefully. But it was it was good to see the different aspects of um, agricultural life here in the Diocese of Columbus. So right there, in that that one particular neighborhood, I I, I saw some of the. Um, the fields that that were and and the different plants that were being ha- grown there, um, the the early part of the planting season. It sounds like a lot of the farmers got oh about half of their planting done so far, which is a much bigger difference than last year. Um, however, they suffered last week. If you remember, this time last week we were still in winter coats, and um, a couple of days in the thirties didn't help. But um, they they're still hopeful and. Um, and praying, asking the Lord for the, his help after last year's really tough year. And then um, went to some, uh, I, I was on a cattle farm, on a sheep farm, a hog farm. So all the different uh, aspects of farm life, we, you realize it's, it's an important part of our life, not only in this diocese, but for the life of the nation. These are people who work hard, and, um, and they work hard to feed us. And we depend on on these farms, and it's amazing. These these they're just so vast, so much. You look out at a field; it's so vast. So we we use this as an occasion to uh, pray for all of our farmers across the diocese. Every time that you uh, go out to the community, you can see the way you connect with. Um the community, did you feel like you had time, even though you had some physical distancing, to connect with the families and uh, the children? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and that's, that's a key aspect to it because, you know, when I think of St. Isidore, who we celebrated on, on Friday, it, it's both Isidore and his wife, Maria de la Capesa. Um, Isidore and Maria both attained that, that crown, if you will, of sanctity um, because of their dedication to the Lord, their holiness and way of life, but also uh, their their goodness and generosity and care for other people. Um, that And basically, a lot of farming is a family kind of, uh, of a, a business, and it's a family work. So people are out... Uh, tilling the fields, caring for things, pulling together the food, being creative, um, going to the farmer's markets. It's something I had already suspected, but it was wonderful to see. Even the children, I tell you, the children, uh, 
have no fear and um, seem to know an awful lot about uh, the earth and its uh, fields and all of the work that's involved. It's very, very impressive. Some of the farmers I grew up with, my aunts and uncles, would call those who don't live on a farm city slickers. Do you think that's what they thought of you today? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably, absolutely, a city slicker. <laughs> <laughs> coming from the big city of Columbus. And, of course, uh, you're coming from an even bigger city on Long Island. Um, are you familiar with the farming community in that area, or was that something that you were a little bit more disconnected from? Well, no, actually, I'd have some some sense of it. Um, it, It's interesting when you think of Long Island, there was a time when it was all farms. I remember when we first moved out uh, to uh, Lindenhurst, which is about maybe a third of the way in, and uh, that was all farms going up and down the main roads, just a couple of neighborhoods. Now that's all suburban. Further out east, there had been farms. Long Island was a big potato farm area and uh, duck farms. But now it's just a few a few fields. It's not it's not very agricultural. Uh, they they do have the wine vineyards, but nothing like what you see here. Nothing like what you see. And I don't think there were any grain uh, granaries. You know those big uh, c- containers. I don't think you see any of those out on Long Island. In New York, when people think of the Archdiocese of New York, um, they think of Manhattan. But actually, New York is probably more rural than Rockville Center because New York goes up north and into some very rural parts of New York where you'd have some farm country. Well, farmers are known for their strength and boldness and their rootedness. And today we celebrate 100 years since the birth of St. John Paul II, another great saint to show us what courage and strength is like. He he most certainly is, and uh, I'll tell you, uh, he's an individual who had a great deal of impact in my own life and in my own vocation. I'll never forget the day in 1978 when his election as Pope was announced and the energy he brought in, and I would say probably the one of the most transformational moments for me was seeing him as, I was a youth myself, and this was before World Youth Day, but he gathered the youth together in New York City at Madison Square Garden. And I was there, and it was nothing like anything I expected. He, he was, I expected it to be all very formal, um, very classical, and he was just on fire. And I, I feel like I think I caught the fire that day. <laughs> wow! I already knew I wanted to be a priest, but boy, did did he did he did he pass on a fire for the gospel? And he said on his uh, day of installation, "Open wide the doors to Christ." And the way he expressed it with this broken English, of course, when he got to the English and he spoke many languages. It touched me as well. I know that that touched you as well. And then your experience of the humanness and the approachability of him. Do you believe that that's something that's um, come into your own um, priesthood and now uh, being a bishop? Well, I hope so. I hope so. I think it's something that deeply impressed me. You know, it's interesting for him as a saint, probably more than anyone I can think of in in, in recent history, there were so many people who can relate to some kind of a personal encounter with him. 
And, you know, maybe through his travels, maybe through people traveling to Rome, or maybe through some other kind of an encounter. But, um, you know, Paul VI is the one who began traveling. He, he came to the United States in the 1960s, I think it was 63 or so. But uh, John Paul II just made himself, in a sense, he became the pastor of the world, and he really did step into the lives of people. And again, it's amazing when you think about um, the uh, the numbers of people whose lives he touched, when you think of how he transformed Poland, um, and in a sense, at the end, brought about freedom. Um, there were so many amazing things that he did by way of personal encounter. Mm. Those personal encounters are the things that people take to their grave, isn't it? It's not so much the um, that's right the that's right. Uh, educational that's stuff. No, no, you know, I mean, he has some beautiful writings. Uh, his his uh, letter on the Eucharist, um, his messages to priests on Holy Thursday, um, the uh, his encyclicals like um, the Splendor of Truth or the Gospel of Life. Um, uh, are just so impressive, but you're right. It's the, it's the encounter. It's um, his smile. You know, mm-hmm. I did not go to the first World Youth Day in Denver. Oh, the, here, the, when I say first, I should I should say the one that was here in um, the U.S. But um, I did remember. I do remember it. I remember how he would come out to the crowds, and he would. You know, the kids would sing to him, and he would sing back to them, and then he would say, hey, the Pope's got to go to sleep, else we have a busy day tomorrow. <laughs> what, you know, but those human moments really stay with you. In that first uh, World Youth Day, there were many detractors thinking that there weren't going to be many attendees, and boy, the Holy yep. Spirit reigned there, didn't he? It, the Holy Spirit really did. Oh, man, oh, man. You know, one of my... Uh, my first memories was at a youth gathering um, where he spoke about how Christ wanted to know us, but he did it by, with, with such enthusiasm. But, and then one of, the other one is really one of the last times I saw him. It's not the last time. I did have the privilege of accompanying the bishop on the Ad Limiter in 2004, just a year before he died. But um, I, I really remember his visit to Toronto in 2002. That was my first World Youth Day experience, and um, I remember being there in the crowd, and um, and you know he was by that point he was struggling. He um, he he, but he never lost the uh, the zest. He he was always on, like I said, on fire, um, and he had that beautiful, beautiful line. Um, he said, "Never give up hope." Never give up hope. We are not the sum of our failures and errors, but we are the reflection of the, the, the Father's love for us and the capacity to become the image of his Son. Um, just a message of great hope. And I, I think that carried him through his life. And then so profoundly, even in his last moments as he was dying, um, he, he, was, he was leading the church up until the moment he took his last breath, and he was teaching us. He taught us how to live. He taught us how to live joyfully um, the life of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But he 
he also taught us how to die. And that's, I, I think that's an amazing lesson, something we're not terribly comfortable with. And I think it made sometimes people feel uncomfortable to see him suffering. But he was teaching us even there. Um, it's, it, it's just a profound lesson. Mm-hmm. Bishop Brennan, um, you're talking about uh, St. John Paul II, who has his 100th birthday today, if he was um, alive here on Earth. He visited 124 countries I wonder if you're going to be able to reach 124 counties, because we have a large diocese, huh? (laughs) We have 23 counties, and uh, I can say I've been to all the counties, uh, um, but uh, (laughs) it is great. It it, it is great. And, you know, as we celebrate his birth, I want to go back to family. As we celebrate his birth, we celebrate his family. You know, I think the cause for the beatifications uh, – of his parents have been opened up in Poland. Um, you know, we think of some of the formative moments of his life and the influence that his parents had on him and how when he went to Vadovice, the place where he was born as Pope, he went to the church and went right to the baptism font mm. to say a prayer of thanksgiving. Um, and again, we think of the profound influence that families make in the world. Um, who knew what the Wojtyla family was doing mm-hmm. in shaping their son who would really transform the world in, with the gospel of Christ? And you never know. You never know the power that families have and the, the depth of their influence. Bishop Brendan, we can't thank you enough for these Frontline of Hope updates on a daily basis and then your Mass at 12.05 each day as well during the week. Uh, Would you like to close us with a prayer? Very much so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Queen of heaven, rejoice, alleluia, for the Son whom you merited to bear, alleluia, has risen as he said, alleluia. Pray for us to God, alleluia. Rejoice and be glad, O Virgin Mary, alleluia, for the Lord is truly risen, alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And as uh, Bishop Brennan had mentioned, St. John Paul II Never give up hope. So let's bring that with us today. And now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress.